Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, welcome to Real Cuff Radio. This evening, we have Mike and Norma Dutton, who are going to come on and give their testimony about strength in numbers. I believe this is going to be a blessing to y'all who need the hope and encouragement of their testimony. So welcome, Mike. Welcome to Norma. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I figured right now that we just go ahead and get started because you both have a testimony individually as well as together. Norma, yes. would you like to give us a little bit of a background uh, before before you met Mike and what you were just saying to me when you started? Back in 2004, as, as a matter of fact, today is the day that my whole world changed. It was on May 29th, 2004. That's the day my, my husband at the time came down with viral encephalitis. And I was six months pregnant with my seventh child. During that time period, it was very scary time where I was going through this alone because all my family was far away. I didn't have anybody close by. But during this time was also a time that I learned to trust God, even at a greater depth and capacity. This is a very touchy subject for me, and so it, it was very hard during that time period because I didn't know what I was going to face. You know, the doctors, you know, they couldn't tell me whether he was going to be okay or not because they didn't know what they were facing. They had me call his parents because they didn't think he would make it. So here I am with my seventh child, you know, pregnant six months into my pregnancy. As I go through this, things just kept escalating. Things kept getting harder for me. One day, you know, as I was coming home to try to get back to my children that were home with their grandparents, I literally was in a storm, in a literal storm that would 90 mile an hour straight line winds. I got angry with God during that time. And I said, God, are you going to take me too? Because I thought I was in a tornado. There was dirt all around me, debris flying everywhere. During that, as I'm crying and crying out to God and get yelling at him and angry with him, he spoke two words that were very audible to me. And he said, trust me. I hung my head down and I said, yes. I will trust you even in this. At that moment, the rain came, washed all the dirt, and I got ahead of the storm. And I was able to see all the way till I got home to my children before the storm hit my home. It was after that that my faith started to slowly increase, even through all the difficult times that I went through. Uh, Long story short, my ex-husband, he did survive that viral encephalitis, but stayed with a permanent brain injury. And I cared for him for two and a half years, you know, with a bunch of little ones. I had a newborn. I had my baby when he got out of rehab. Uh, I had a a newborn, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and an 11-year-old at home still. And my two older children were already gone out of the home. So I had them, along with a sick, permanently brain-injured husband, to care for. The doctors had told me sometimes with brain injuries, they, they can become aggressive and violent. And two and a half years into caring for him, I finally had to make a tough decision, which was another crossroads and another place for me to have a deeper faith and trust in God, was that I had to divorce to protect my children because they were so little and I was afraid he was going to hurt them or if not myself. 
and then I would not have anybody to care for them. So I went ahead and filed for divorce. And a year later, I, after I filed back in 2007, my divorce was final. But I think my time of walking as a single parent started in 2004 when he got sick because everything was on my shoulders and on me taking care of them. Well, after my divorce, I started dating this gentleman that I had known for some time. And so we were in a relationship for three years. And I found out that he was a lot like my ex-husband. I knew I had to get out of that relationship because it was not healthy for me or for my children because he started to try to pull me away from my children at that time period. And so I got out of that relationship. But during all this time, you know, I'm still trying to discover who I am and figure out who am I as a single mother. And so I've made mistakes along the way in the men that I chose. After that, I jumped into another relationship. Uh, with another gentleman, and that one lasted for two years. Getting into these relationships, I wasn't trusting or asking God for him to bring somebody into my life. Even though I met these men in church, they were not for me. And so I walked this journey, you know, thinking I was trying to do the best because my, my children needed another parent in their life, a male figure, and because I had a bunch of boys. You know, out of my seven children, I had five boys and two girls. So I still had four boys and one girl at home. It was difficult. And so this was another area I had to, again, learn to trust God in. After two years dating the second guy, he got he removed himself out of my life. And I'm grateful for that because it was at that point that I said, God, I'm done. I'm so done. Apparently, I can't pick a man to be a daddy to my children. So you're going to have to be my husband and a father to my children. And unless you bring him to my doorstep, I'm not going to look. I'm done looking because apparently I can't pick somebody that would be good for me or for my children. Well, it was shortly after that that God gave me two dreams. And in these dreams, I was standing beside this man. And this was in September of 2012 when I had this dream. I was standing behind this man. And he was standing at a graveside. The gravesite was immaculately kept. It was beautiful. And I remember seeing the tombstone. And on the tombstone, it read 4, 8 through 11. And I often wonder, what does that mean? And it wasn't until later on that I discovered the meaning to what that was on that stone. On the second, I'll go back to what that meaning was here in a little bit. But on the second dream... I was out in the country in an old farmstead, and there was the wind was blowing, and, and this gentleman came and gave me a gift. And in this gift were some pearl earrings and a sapphire ring, and underneath the sapphire ring and the pearl earrings was a golden ornament. To me, it was Christmas. I was working, and uh, this girl at work just was making my life so, so miserable. You know, as a single mom, you know, things sometimes when you work and you have the, the full responsibility of little ones having to go home to and take care and, and feed and provide and still take care of the home and everything. And then this work girl at work just made it difficult for me and that I just broke down and was crying. I said, I, I just want to so quit. But I knew I couldn't quit because I had a $1,000 mortgage on my home that I had to continue to keep a roof over my head and my children's head. So my oldest son was there visiting. I said, hey, come on, go with me to the restaurant, you know, that was catty corner from my house. said, you know, I need to get me a drink. And I wasn't still living my life fully for the Lord at that time. So I went and got me a margarita and uh, had my drink there. And that's where I met my husband of today. Well, he was there with his son. 
and they were going through a difficult time in their in their life. And this was in, at the end of October. He bought me a drink, and then later on he came and sat with me. As we sat, we we, we began to talk, and I was telling him how uh, of my interest of uh, things that I was my girlfriend and I would go out and we would go to a messianic Jewish church and go to Hebrew dance and I was just explaining to him a little bit about my life and discovered we had some things in common. I started to tell him about my first dream and how I was standing beside this man at a graveside. And after he we left we had gone on from from there and we had gone over into a boat to his to a lake house. And he tells me, well, I have a lake house. And so I thought, okay, Lord, that's dream number one. During this time period, you know, I still didn't understand what it was that was on that tombstone and what it meant. So as I searched scripture later on, as as our friendship developed and we started seeing each other, well, at Christmas time, because of some of the foolish mistakes I made with uh, the previous person I had been with, I had gotten a truck for him in my name because he didn't have good credit. You know, he had been through some difficult times in his life. And so I went ahead and gotten a truck in my name. And so I had to go repo that truck because of about fear to set in. And so I went and got that truck. So I not only had a thousand dollar mortgage, also had a $600 monthly payment on a truck plus the insurance on it. So it was more than I could take on as a single mom to my older boys helped me you know, make payments because I said, if we can just get to March, I said, when my house is paid off, then I can afford to take this on by myself. At Christmas time, I didn't have no money to spend for my kids to buy them a Christmas. And so I was telling Mike, my husband of today, just sharing with him some of the things that I was going through. And he says, well, I can help you with that. He goes, you know, I'll give you a thousand dollars. And I told him, no, I, I just can't, I just can't take that money. God convicted my heart. He says, it will bless him to give that to you. So take it because I've always been a giver and I've never learned how to receive. And so God was teaching me how to receive as well. And so I said, okay, Lord. So when I went back to Mike and I said, okay, but only 500, that's all I need. You know, I'm not extravagant on giving gifts or anything. I said, it will buy them what they need with a little something for them to play with also on top of that. I allowed him to bless me with $500. And so he fulfilled that second dream of Christmas. And so um, I knew that God had brought this man into my life, and I knew that he wanted to take care of me. You know, as our journey went on, we both felt an expediency in our heart. We knew we needed to get married. So in March, the same girl that drove me to that place where I met my husband was also the same instigator that, that caused me to get fired from my job. But I see now God's hand in all of that moving us to getting married because we already had that expediency in our heart. And so we were already praying if, if this was what God truly wanted because we had only known each other the end of October and here we are March. And so we, we started praying about this, but we both knew that either we were going to have to get married or separate and not see each other anymore. We went away and got alone, and we both heard the same answer. So here, you know, just this last Friday on May 25th, we celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary. So I just want to encourage people out there that are single. I had five children, and I didn't think anybody would ever want me with five babies that were still at home, and they were still young. It just really blessed my heart that, When I entrusted all of this to God, he not only blessed me with a godly man that would love me, but would also love my children as his own. And God cared so much 
that he even took care of my, all the desires of my heart because God knew that everything I was working for as a single mom is was I lived four four blocks from downtown. I wanted to be able to get out into the country, you know, pay my home off, get it fixed up to where I would rent my home and get get myself out into the country so that my kids could have a place to roam and run and be boys and, and be kids. My husband owns a house out in the country, surrounded by trees. That was another thing I wanted that God took care of and that we would be able to raise livestock so my kids could learn responsibility and learning to care for animals and care for things too. And so God brought all, fulfilled all of that. And so when it came through the journey of going with two different men and learning, being with the two different men, one was very strict, one was very party going, it gave me a balance that I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted and what I was seeking in somebody. But during that time, I was healing. God was healing me from my 20 years of marriage that was a hard marriage for me because I, I was married to a man that was very domineering and wanted to keep everything, you know, all his little ducks in a row that I was homeschooling, home churching. I couldn't go do anything without his permission. So he released me from that into a place where I am free today to serve mighty God and teach my children that God is merciful. God hears and answers prayers. And, you know, it's not always in our timing, but he will bring it about in his timing when he's ready. But he had to heal me first of some things so I wouldn't be carrying baggage into a new marriage. And when uh, I married my husband, before I married him, I met several of his children, and they were already grown children because my husband is 11 years older than I. And he would say, he goes, are you sure you want, you want to marry me? I'm 11 years old. I said, well, are you sure you want to marry me? I've got five children that you'd be raising another, another whole family. And so it became like a little joke between us. And I said, yes, because I know this is who, you are who God brought to me. You fulfill those two dreams that God gave me. He spoke to me and, and he spoke to you. So yes. And today our love is grows just deeper and deeper, and I always feel like I tell myself I feel like I'm always on a in a honeymoon with you. And so, when God does something and you wait upon Him, He opens the door wide open for you to be happy. And as long as you're willing to open up your heart to Him and allow Him to heal those places, so that you can go into marriage. But in meeting my husband, he had seven children. I had seven, so together now we have 14. His were grown and out of the home. Well, I still had five young ones, or four, actually. When By the time we got married, I was, it was four, because I had my older son had already graduated, and that was at the home with me. I believe Elijah was, let's say, five years ago. He was eight, at an eight, 10, 12, and 14-year-old when uh, we got married. Uh, he has been such a beautiful man to me and my and my children that my children love him. They didn't really have a dad because their dad got sick when they were little. So this is their dad. This is the man that they looked up to and res- have so much respect for that he would want them that are not his own and would want me with them. So there's a great love that we have and a lot of respect for, for Mike. It just blesses me. He blesses me over and over. He has given me time to continue to heal. And then together we were healing together because in that September 
when God gave me that dream of him standing beside a man at a gravesite, he lost his wife that September. Uh, so, Mike, if you want to share a little bit now, I'll give you the, the forum now. It was uh, Labor Day, uh, September 1st, 2012. We had just had our last grandchild born. I think it was like number 20. And uh, uh, we had, had went down to the lake house for a kind of a family holiday. We had a son. One of our sons was there and his daughters were there. And uh, and my wife's sister was there. That We went to, you know, an uneventful. We went to bed that, that night like any other. In the morning hours of Labor Day in 2012, I was awakened by my wife making a really weird sound. And I didn't know what was going on. I called uh, emergency 911 and they had somebody on the way. And in the process, she, you know, she had that thousand mile stare on her face and then she just quit, slowly quit breathing. And I, I tried to do CPR on her for a long time. It took them a long time to get there because our lake house is a, a good ways out of town. To make a long story short, she passed away. We had a business together, had started it, and had some of our kids working for us. In fact, mostly there were kids working for us. She had been my best friend, probably. Yes, she was my best friend and the closest person to me. After she passed away, I really felt kind of lost. I didn't know what to do with myself. And, you know, I, we had we had been uh, really close, and I had we had talked about everything together. And I was kind of hungry to uh, talk to a woman. <laughs> so uh, that day at the uh, restaurant, I went over and, and talked to Norma. And as we talked, I found out from just our conversation that she knew the Lord. And I'm not talking about had had just made a decision for the Lord or and I'm not talking about it in kind of a legalistic way. I knew that she knew the Lord personally. And then she was interested in Messianic Judaism, which I had also had an interest in that. We just sort of, uh, you know, had this friendship and, and this attraction. It didn't bother me that she had the, had children. I had already raised seven kids. I, you know, most of them, I had two adopted children, one of one that I fathered four stepchildren. It, I, I just didn't think about that being a problem, and it really hasn't been for us. Now, in my 26-year marriage with Lisa, Ed, there was a lot more difficulty blending the family. With Norma, there really hasn't been those kind of things. Uh, maybe because they didn't really have all that much. Their memory of Junior wasn't real, uh, you know, good or strong or, or because he just wasn't around or or he he just wasn't capable of of forming relationships with them. I, I don't know why. They warmed up to me really fast, and, I, you know, they're amazing kids. And I got this great lady, and we share faith. And the Lord, we are like-minded in in areas of ministry. You know, we want to raise your kids up in the love and admonition of the Lord. Well, to give you all also hope, when you trust God and let Him lead, He will not disappoint. It took me a little while to discover what that 4, 8 through 11 was. And finally, I said, Lord, you know, what does that mean? And so He led me to Ecclesiastes. Chapter 4, verses 8 through 11 says, 
There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless. A miserable business, two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And I'm going to read uh, verse 12 also. It says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So God was showing me that it was his desire for me to marry Mike, that he was going to bring that person to me. He was already giving me the dreams and the hope. Even though I was not out actively searching or looking, I was just minding my own business. And here I met him. When he fulfilled those two dreams, I knew in my heart who had God had brought into my life. And together we have, you know, ministered to our own children who are hurting because of the loss that they suffered as well. And that my heart, God opened up and gave me a heart for them to love them as my own. And that's something when, when we do marry, that there's other children involved, you know, it's important that we open up our hearts to other people's children, you know, to, your, to that other person's child and to let them into your heart and to pray for them and lift them up together. And Mike and I pray together each evening, and I think that helps, you know, get get us closer. And we were already praying together prior to getting married. There were times that we would just get together and pray and seeking God's direction for us as individuals and whether we were to be together. And we both got the same answer as, yes, get married. There was an expediency in that, so we got married quickly, seven months after we met. And here we are now five years later. It doesn't mean we haven't had trials in our life or storms along the way. But because we're together, it helps be able to endure and get through those storms because we encourage one another. Where one of us may not feel strong, the other one is there to lift us up. So we are there for each other. And it is beautiful to be able to walk together and journey together with God, to have somebody to be able to talk to and to be able to look to for direction, for guidance, for just uh, somebody to bounce off ideas or voice things to and they, that they listen and then they can respond back. Or sometimes, it, you know, there needs not to be a response, but just somebody to hear and listen to what you have to say. It's something beautiful to me. I was just going to say I'd like to talk to these some of the people out there that are widowed or widowers. You know, a scripture that hit home with me is it's in Philippians. It says that forgetting what is behind, I press on to the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That to me showed me that God is not through with me. I still have a calling because I'm still alive, so I still have a calling. Rather than looking back and mourning over all the losses, I have looked forward. God has blessed me by looking forward and moving forward because he still has stuff for me to do, and he still has stuff for me and Norma to do. So I just would like for, for y'all to think about that. If you're a widow or a widower or even divorced and you say, I don't want to get back into anything like that, God has still got something for you to do. 
and there may be somebody out there that really needs you that y'all would fit together like a hand in glove. Thank you for saying that, Mike. That's amazing. What a good observation, revelation, encouragement. You know, I've never thought of that scripture going like that, but that's true. What's in the past is in the past. Today's today. Instead of staying the miry, depressed, oppressed, you know, I've lost that mentality. I could hear by what you just said that you just grabbed a hold of, hey, I'm here. I got to press forward. Yes. That was good. And that's something that we both uh, feel strongly about, that we need to keep moving forward into what God is calling us into. And so when we wall ourselves off and feed that hurt, we're not helping ourselves or help or being a positive light to others. So we need to be able to allow God to touch those places and heal those places in our hearts so that we can love again and trust again, because He wants us to be trusting and loving. You know, He made us to be uh, needful of another person to walk beside us. And that was his design that two should be out to walk together. And if you have him with you, then that's that three-strand cord that binds you together. And so it's very important that that you just don't go jump into another relationship. You know, I've done that, and I you know I hurt myself, and I hurt my children along the way because of the attachments that they had to these men. And that when we broke up, it was there a breakup for them as well. So you know, for me as having little children. I learned to be more mindful about their feelings as well because they get they get invested into relationships and they get hurt by relationships, you know, whether it be ours, whether it be through a broken marriage, through circumstances that are beyond your control, like what happened in my situation or through a death. And then you bring others in, into your life thinking, well, maybe this is the one. And because you're not trusting God that you're just out there looking, I just would ask, be mindful of your children as well. If you are a, a, a single parent, think of your kids and what this can do for to them as well, because they can acquire hearts too. So for me, you know, there were heart lessons for me to learn as my children hurt with me. As we grew together also, we, you know, we grew our hearts together also, but I don't want to see, I'd hate to see them hurt like I hurt them through those relationships and because I was not trusting God and I was going, uh, jumping ahead of God. I would just say... Take courage that God does not design for us to walk alone, so that if you are trusting him and praying for someone, he will bring them to you. And so just keep pressing into God and working on that relationship with him, because when as you are moving in closer with God, he's going to fulfill those desires of your heart and fulfill the dreams that you have and bringing that somebody that's a perfect person for you and your family. Uh, and one final thought for me uh, as far as the widows and widowers I had absolutely no doubt in my mind where my wife was well where Lisa was when I, I knew that she was in heaven and that uh, if she had the opportunity to come back she wouldn't she would stay in heaven I don't blame her a bit and I, I, I got a vision this last year and I saw her and I and my dad in heaven, and they were having a time. It was a party. <laughs> we will see them again. That earthy relationship is done and it's over. They're in heaven having a relationship with God and Jesus. They're much better and a much better place. And that all of the moping and mourning and that we do here is kind of counterproductive. So there is a life to live. There, we, we can go on. God has got more stuff for us to do, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> 
Well, I want to thank the both of you. Very good, encouraging. And before uh, we wrap this up, Mike, I'd like you to pray over the audience. Pray for the widows. Just go ahead and pray for whoever God puts on your heart. Okay. Father, I just you know would like to lift up those people that are out there that have lost someone uh, either because they died, because their their wife or their husband has has died, or even through divorce. That's a death of relationship. Lord God, I ask that you would be with them in a powerful way. Lord God, I ask that they would be able to feel your presence and your love. Father, I pray that you would carry them through this time of mourning, this time of of extreme loss. And Lord, I pray that you would give them hope, hope for the future and what you have for them in the future, because you do have jobs for them to do in the future. You have ministries to do in the future. You're not done. So Lord, I just pray that you would open their eyes to those possibilities and help them to walk into the future, experience the adventure that you have for them. Thank you, Lord. I know, Lord God, you're going to help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one final word for me is get to a place where you can trust God with all things because he's in all things. Thank you, Julie, for this time. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap.